It's the <laughs> most wonderful time <laughs> of the year. Are I sure? Are I sure? Are I is going on the city man hey mark i don't know that was wild christmas tree lighting man just wild well you know we'll, we'll get to that we'll get to what's happening in the city you know in the true holiday spirit where you should go where you should not go uh a uh, former gang squad member with the detroit police department Derek gq bradford will be with us um and really what's popping karen is um Flint, remember we a few weeks ago we brought everybody the story of the two children that you know died from smoke inhalation in the fire up there. A couple of seasoned veterans of the fire department said they swept the house and there was an investigation and it turns out they did it and the chief recommended that they be fired and they weren't fired. And now the chief's been fired for blowing the whistle. He'll be with us. That's uh, Chief, well, former Chief. Uh, Ray Barton from the Flint uh, Fire Department. Um, how are you, Chief? You there? Good. He's there now. Okay, yeah. good, good. I'm, I'm a little slow yeah, in the yeah. Welcome in, Chief. Okay, and, but before we do all that, um, we got uh, a little uplift here. Red, Detroit comedian Detroit Red, <laughs> is... <laughs> He's at the warehouse for uh, uh, the Thanksgiving Day Parade here in Detroit, America's Parade. It is the, I believe, the 96th <laughs> annual, begun in 1924, the same year as Macy's in New York. It was for, brought to you by the Hudson's Company, which is no longer with us. Hey, Red, uh, so um, what do you got for us coming up in the program, brother? What up, though? I'm just down here at the Detroit Parade Company trying to get a feel for things on what's going to be in this year's parade. <laughs> now, my date at the Normandy didn't go that well, so I'm moving up to bigger and better things. See, Karen, this guy's this guy's nationwide. Clearly, yeah, but don't 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 taint it for the children, uh, Red. You know. <laughs> Let's, let's keep it G-rated, would you please? Oh, yeah, wash your hands, you filthy man. Don't don't be feeling up the floats, Red. Oh. I, well, I've I, I got to get a feel for things. The only way I can do that is really get a feel. <laughs> All right, let, let's get out. We got Best a, said I didn't seen in a minute. Got a packed program. It's brought to you by XG Service Group, uh, experts in business IT uh, specializing in internet and voice over IP service, Wi-Fi design and installation, security systems, top of the line cameras and thank you. Uh, cameras and access control, uh, digital menu boards and drive-through systems. No job too big, no job too small. They're they're they are Midwest wide. Call Matt Yaskovitz at 734-245-4100. All those IT needs. You know they're even developing um, train cameras and sensors yeah. for crossings. Yeah, he showed me it. It's actually, I thought it was some pretty it, cool. It, I never thought it'd be that cool to watch trains, but I thought it was pretty cool. But you know what? I never realized that they could see you in the drive-through. So when somebody is, you know, <laughs> when you're being impatient and you're bamming your head against the steering wheel or you're rolling your eyes, not until you start talking about what they did, Charlie, did I realize there are cameras at every drive-through ordering uh kiosk i guess it's called and they're inside cameras it. yeah so don't be don't be flipping people off or rolling your eyes yeah see that, that now you should have told me some time ago you know so <laughs> like, eh. that's the no bullshit news hour who we got here who else uh what do we got here uh you want to hear a word from hall uh hall financial hi i'm david hall from hall financial the top rated realtors in michigan 
have said that our five-star certified pre-approval is a game changer to the home buying process. Paul Financial's focus on speed and client service allows you to take on the housing market and win. When you're ready to purchase your new home, you need to make Hall Financial your first call. The mortgage company realtors trust and buyers love. 866-CALL-HALL or chat with us at callhallfirst.com. It's also the uh, biggest one-week drop of mortgage rates in 40 years. Yeah, and that's following another mortgage drop the previous So who knows where it's going? Give them a call. Right, so you're looking, now's the time, and there's a reason they have 5,000 five-star reviews. That's where Mark went, mm-hmm. right? That's Love where, them, yeah. That's where Love I'll them. go once I have to sell the house and <laughs> support my kid and pay for college. Life. And, you know what I mean? Take some equity out of that house. and <laughs> Life, right, Karen? Get, get, <laughs> Yeah, that's how I was just thinking, Mark. Don't, don't, don't be such a downer. But you're right. It's life. But hey, we're bringing you all the resources to help enhance and strengthen your life as best we can. Look at that. So positive. Well said. That is absolutely correct. Thank you, Karen, for the uplift. Now, let's go to Flint. I want to welcome in Chief Raymond Barton. Can you hear me, sir? You there? Good morning. Good afternoon. Yes. Yeah. Well, uh, I, I don't even know how to get into this, Chief. It's, it's. We picked up on it. We got the reports. It's taken off. It's gone international now. Long story short, it was early summer, right? The end of May when there was yeah, a... There May, was 28, a May, May 28th, to be exact. Can you walk us through what happened in Flint on May 28th? Well, actually, I was actually out of state. I had um, went to visit a, a friend, retired firefighter. Uh, down just outside of Augusta, Georgia. I, 30 minutes after I got down there, I, I received a call from his home. I received a call from a battalion chief telling me that we had a fire with the entrapment and that two kids, the first they originally thought the house had been cleared and that um, they cleared the house. A second set of firefighters went in, brought two kids out. At the time, they were both alive. They brought them out, was working. They were transported to the hospital. Um, so that's that's where it started at. Um, after giving that call, and I never denied that I knew the father because I did know the father, and they started uh, making things, trying to uh, make me a vic- make me a, a part of like a conspiracy because I sold a car. I met the father through another firefighter. I'm not really going to mention his name because I, I fear people getting retaliated that uh, affiliated with me uh, with the current mayor we have. But anyway, I had sold a vehicle to this firefighter. Uh, two and a half, three years ago. So him and the guy was uh, good friends. And so his car was parked in the driveway. And uh, But anyway, and that, and that was told to me, we thought it was your car. I was like, no, nah, y'all knew I haven't driven that car in years. Uh, the other firefighter actually had purchased the car from me. But like I said, I um, ended up taking a rest at my friend's house, got in the car and drove back. Uh, so I immediately got home. I told the fire, I told the battalion chief to have everybody write their incidents up. Uh, some did, some did. And so at that time, I I told anybody that who hadn't wrote theirs up if I didn't have it by the end of a certain date that I would it would be possible discipline. Um, I received a letter from then three of the firefighters, the battalion chief, um, the two firefighters that actually missed the kids, and it could have been one other, but they stated they stated the guarantee law. They was trying to use guarantee law as a when they for their report saying that I uh, had said I was going to only be used for personal use anyway, I explained that there's no way I could do that. We are public service. Guarantee law didn't apply. So guarantee law law applies in the court of law. The fact you write it up because I'm your I'm the chief of the department and I've given a direct order. And if you don't do it, then it can be considered insubordination. So we go from there. I go to the house. I take pictures of the home. I take pictures of the home and um, walk through the home. I have firefighters approach me on my first day back to work that Monday. One of the firefighters, a lieutenant, approached me and he took the run report that had been filed. And he said, Chief, there's no way. He said, they didn't do this, 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 and this. Wait, let's so pause right there. Pause right there. Pause right there. Okay. House fire. Uh, two guys go in. They issue an all clear. Turns out there are two, a, a nine and an 11-year-old boy in the the actual house that they said they searched, unconscious, they died 
unconscious. They died two days later. You started to do an investigation. You're taking photos. And what do you find? Yes. Yes. And you know, it's, it's dangerous to do an interview while driving. You know that. I'm not, I'm actually not driving. I was coming up a good friend of passion in the city of Flint, also retired police officer Al Williams. He was joining me just on, like I said, I'm going through a lot with this. And so just a good friend that I trust. And, um, like I say, pastor in the city, retired police officer. He was Welcome in pastor. How are you, sir? Real well. Uh, happy Thanksgiving so to I'm you. Parked. Yeah. So I'm parked. Cause I actually thought I, even you better be parked. That's a form of cop in the car. You know. I know. <laughs> but I worked at the Flint Public Library for years, and they actually are closed on Mondays, and I forgot that he was beating me up here. So, uh, But, yeah, get back to that. Yep, I went in. I took pictures. The, the kids have been missed. Um, the guy told me on the reports how uh, it was uh, that they didn't do certain things that they had put in their report. And so I such went as, to the two guys. Such as? Um, like, Calling for the calling for a secondary search. Um, it was something else they did. I, I don't I can't give you the direct things, but he just highlighted some things. And so I didn't actually went to the firefighters to actually found the um uh the children in the home. And I talked to the lieutenant and um and he felt it was no way. He said the way the firefighter that walked in the room said he seen the young man, he was standing up. He said he walked in the room. As soon as he walked in the room, he seen the youngest one on the floor. He said, I could see him breathing. He said, I could actually see the snot coming out of his mouth. He informed his lieutenant who was in the room across the hall. We have a victim in here. He uh, grabbed the first one, took him out. They came back. They went to do a research. And then he found the second uh, child in the bed. Same firefighter. On the bed. But when I talked to that. Yeah, on the bed. One and was it, laying. It is standard protocol for a firefighter in a house fight to turn those mattresses upside down correct yes you have certain things you do check the beds turn mattresses so people know that room has been checked and some a lot of those things weren't done but um and then the firefighter pointed out they didn't call the second their research after the kids was found and that's what that was the other thing he pointed out in his uh when he told me they didn't do this this and this and he said they actually didn't call a secondary search to those kids were found after mm. the first kid was found then at that time when the secondary search was called. So they were So fine. Chief, is it standard to do is it standard to do a secondary search and if so, under what circumstances and if not under what circumstances? It's always if it's a possibility and just given given the um time of day, it was on the weekend, it's early, it's earlier in the, early in the day. Given the time of day, weekend, a car in the driveway, things like that. And then um, sometimes it is visibility is at such a point that you can't see um, anything. And so you try to clear the house out. Once the house is cleared out, you go back in and do a secondary search. But those guys were carrying oh. a, an infrared scope. You could Yes, see one of them had a stick, a thermal imaging camera. That's correct. And so, I mean, please. So you, you conduct this investigation. I've read it. And you recommend the dismissal of these two firefighters for basically lying on not doing their job and then lying about it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Didn't happen. No, it didn't. In fact, I had a discussion um, and it was, and I, and I had my recommendation. I had to attend the funeral and I always say it was my grandmother, but it wasn't actually my grandmother. My father remarried. Um, he was with his second wife over 40 years. And so this lady had been in my life for 40 some years. She passed and I was attending the funeral. So she was like a grandmother to me. Um, it was my father's mother-in-law. So I was attending the funeral while attending the funeral. I got a call from the director of HR stating that my decision to suspend them without pay had been overturned to suspension with pay. And who did that? He really didn't say um, I am hired by the mayor just as I was fired by the mayor. You were and, fired um, by the mayor. I just said, okay. Wait, whoa, whoa. You were what fired was, by the mayor. Yes, on Thursday. I was fired by the mayor. I was called into his office. He asked me, did I know I was here? I said, I have an idea. And he said, well, you know, this only goes two ways. You can resign or I'm moving in a different direction. And I told him, well, I'm not going to resign because I didn't, I didn't felt like I did anything to be forced to resign or be terminated. 
I said, all I've done throughout my career is follow your direct until I refuse to lie for you. Um, like a couple of weeks ago at the city council. Because they, want, they wanted me to say the final decision was mine when it absolutely was not my decision. Oh, wow. So, Chief, are you an appointee of the mayor or were, is this a civil service position? I am an appointee of the mayor. An appointee. I, I thought I just wanted to make sure. And okay. so what did he want you to lie about? I mean, so basically, this is the mayor's decision not to let these guys go. <laughs> and he wants you to say it's, yeah, it's your decision. To suspend them with pay, too. And it was his decision to suspend them with pay. I talk to a lot of fire chiefs in this area. I know a lot of them. They're not one that's going to let these men remain on the job. Correct. That's the way I felt too. And so you you got shit canned. So you're the whistleblower. How in the world do you get shit canned? That's what I asked people. I said I have two firefighters who I believe lied. They got not only that they were suspended with pay. I tell the truth and I get fired. Menace. So. So who are these officers? I mean, is your do they have a relationship with the mayor or does the mayor have a beef with you because you would not lie for him prior to and this was just a convenient opportunity to unappoint you? Well, um, one of the guys was actually, I don't know if he was the first vice or he was the treasurer for the uh, fire department's union. So it was the election season, so yes. It was a political season. So you're you're saying yeah. that the mayor wanted this swept under the rug because he's up for election and he wants his department to look like it's top notch and he wants the firefighters union's uh, endorsement, something like that? Uh, possibly. All I know, I was told by, like I say again, I'm, I'm not just mentioning names. I know eventually when I go to court, I will have to because I don't want people retaliating. But it was other department heads. When I got back, the approach it. I've heard that you had recommended suspending these guys without pay pending investigation. And the union called the mayor and the mayor over to overruled your decision and uh, changed it from without pay to with pay. And just uh, Thursday when I got fired, the union president actually went on on uh, TV five and stated that he told the mayor that we should go to, in a different direction and the mayor fired. So if he listened to him and terminate me, I assume he listened to me, listened to him when they told him that to, uh, to override my decision and pay the guy, do a suspension with pay. What the fuck? And what what is up with the media there? Cause first of all, it's no secret that Mayor Sheldon Neely was a TV personality for many years up there. Not, right. re not, not really boo was said about this by the local media, right? I mean, this was... Uh, it got to our eyes and ears down here. And um, I was reading, it was a quote from one of the two firefighters involved. They wouldn't say which one it was, saying that you were lying, that these... It was Daniel Signaki. It was the one that actually allegedly went in the house and went to the left where the firefighter, where the kids were found. It was actually, he, he was the one that also was executive board of the unit, but he was the one stated that I was lying. And, and to my, and I, I don't have anything to prove it, but once I wouldn't say I um, made that final decision, I believe because I was asked by somebody on the mayor's administration that I think the firefighters would come out and talk and say it wasn't uh, based on race. But instead of the firefighter, uh, one of the firefighters that actually had resigned, instead of him coming out saying that, uh, it wasn't based on race, he came out and did an interview attacking me, calling me a liar. That's why um, I felt the need to tell people. And then they actually put it in paper in the news. They were stating that I stepped down. They stated I resigned. And I felt it was the need for me to tell the truth. Because it wasn't race-related as far as those kids was missed. It had nothing to do with race. The firefighters did make a mistake. Um, and so, but I was, again, I'm appointed by the mayor. He told me not to address this through the media when all these things were going on. And so... When they started attacking me because I was still under the mayor's directive, I, I remained quiet. But Monica you terminated me. It's not about retaliation. It's about telling the truth. And You know, you say, Ray, these are were two black children. Um, as you know, a few years ago here in the Detroit metro area, two white children died in a house fire. 
Um, yep. The media really covered it here. I mean, there were vigils. The Red Wings got involved. Um, it was front page news. And up in Flint with two black children, there, it was almost nothing. And um, didn't and they arrest the father? Hold on, um, Yeah, they took the father, but they didn't hold him. They, uh, they took him in for questioning. But if, if anybody know in Michigan, um, it is a certain age, just like 11 or 12 when a child is babysitting. But that, but when it comes to a sibling watching a sibling, there's actually no age limit. Knowing the father personally, the father, it wasn't like he had left these kids out all night. The father actually left and made a run. He talked to a couple of firefighters that he was actually really close with that I met him through these other firefighters. And he was like, man, I was only gone about 40 minutes. I was gone less than an hour because the kids were asleep. And he said, how could it happen? Um, that fast. And the firefighters had to explain to him. Uh, they told him, actually, when you left to go run your errand, the fire was probably already burning, but it was in the walls. And this father, he had, he, uh, had a heart attack a couple of years ago while at the YMCA running. That's how I met him. Then I got, I ended up getting to know him through two of my firefighters. But anyway, and it, and it damaged something to do with his smell. But they said not to put any blame on you, um, but it was probably burning in the walls when you left. And it was minimal, but it was still minimal fire damage. The firefighters, the location, you can walk to the fire from that house uh, to the fire station in three minutes. And so it was not a lot of fire. They saying it was smoke, but it was not a lot of heat. In the room where the kids were found, you had a PlayStation, you had TVs hanging up. None of this plastic was melted. So anybody know anything about fire, if it would have been excessive heat, a lot of those things would have melted. And it was none of those things were melted. Some of them were barely covered in soot. So when they talk about the conditions and heat and fire, I didn't believe, that's why I didn't believe their story. And that's an interesting question you bring up, Karen, which is the the man in the Flynn case is detained. They draw his mm -hmm. blood. Uh, media runs it around like, what a bad dad. There's no smoke alarms, et cetera. And I think what you're saying, I don't know. I'm going to ask you because I don't know. It's sort of near where you live. Were the and I, I don't mean to create any tears here, but it's it's curious. Uh -huh. Were the people Karen in in the Gross Point fire detained or arrested or had their blood drawn? No, no, they weren't. And that's the difference. And 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 I know, uh, Chief, you said that this is not race, but maybe it's economic, and then it becomes race by default because the way that these right. two things were handled by the community by the mayor, by, you know, even the, even the fire department are, 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 are like night and day, if you will. I won't even say it like black and white, but it becomes an economic difference in terms of the approach, you know, and, and, and it's very clear that there was, this was handled differently. Exactly. I'm just going to let that sit. Exactly. The other part of this is, how long you got in the department there, Chief? I mean, ex-Chief. I've been, I've been here almost 35 years. I hired in August of 1987. I retired in June of 14. The uh, past mayor, Karen Weaver, hired me to come back. I came back uh, in February of 2016, and I have been there since then. So I believe I probably served more years on the Flint Fire Department than any other fireman. And I, at the time of my termination, I think I was the highest in your city employee. Wow. And he just shit canned you like that. Does, right. does this send a, to me, it sends a message. And, you know, I understand that the decision on the surface appears political, but it also sends a message about what this administration thinks about the residents of Flint to dismiss or return, you know, to dismiss the penalty that you passed down as the leader of that department when there were two children whose lives were lost as a result of negligence or abandonment of protocol. Yes. Look, Michigan is so fucking corrupt. That's from, crazy. From the money we're giving billionaires to the Flint water, right? To the cover up of, of, of the death of these children, to uh, pipe contracts, to garbage contracts, to car con. How fucked up is Flint, Chief? I mean, you could say it now. Flint, Flint ain't fucked up. There's, there's good people in Flint. It's oh, no, the people are good. I mean politics. The politics is crazy. I think the politics in Flint is crazy. Um, it, I, like I said, that's all I can 
Do we got I'm the feds? even going back to the water. And, it, of course, all the firefighters and police officers died at 911. But you had the 911, 911 when the towers were attacked. And billions of dollars were spent. Billions of dollars were spent for the people involved in that. You have an entire city that's poisoned and it's, and it's $600 billion. And, and And a third of that is going to uh, the attorneys. Make yep. that make sense. And poisoned by, poisoned by it its did. own leadership, by the way. Yeah. Yes. Right? By Flint itself. Yes. And nobody does yes. a day. Nobody does a day. Yes. Did anybody yes. get lose their job for whistleblowing? No. Did anybody, you know, uh, see a day behind bars? No. Did everybody collect their check? Yes. And yet the chief right here telling you about some really bad public safety protocol is out on his ass. I don't even know what to that say. Makes no sense. Uh, you know, I just, I want to ask this chief, I don't mean to go back to this issue, but because so many of our listeners are, are, are having questions and do you know, can you tell us if the two firefighters that were dismissed, were they black or were they white? They were white. That's how, that, they were white. Okay. Should I take anything should I take that to mean anything, or were they just two lousy firefighters? No, they they were decent firefighters, but it's like you say, when it's busy, people get complacent, and they didn't do their job. I, I don't feel like the job was done thoroughly. And that's all you're that's saying. That's not a position. For, that's not a position for decent. I'm sorry, Charlie, but this is like you know. I mean, we're talking kids here. Mm. Though certain <laughs> certain positions certain positions require you to be better than decent doctors, and that's pilots. What I so to say that they're decent means that, in my opinion, that they were probably um, appropriately dismissed and may have either should have been retrained or dismissed earlier. And that, and that was that was the thing that I told them. I say the fact is those kids were left and we get paid not to make those kind of mistakes. That was my that was my feelings on. It. And just like like I said, the firefighter. The one firefighter said, Naki, he wants to go on TV, and he, but he always wants to have his face blacked out. He was the one that missed where the kids was on the left side of the room when they described him going to the room. And I'll say it was two things. In this thing, when we were first talking about the incident and going through it, and I made a comment about y'all missed his room. Why they, and I said, well, why nowhere in your report do it say you missed the kids or you missed the room? This guy had the nerve to tell me why was it so important for him to admit that he made a mistake? What? And then I talk about how, yes, then I talk about how both of them, Signaki and his, and his report, if you read the report, if you have a, a copy of it, in his report, he talks about how he enters his bathroom. He talks about running his hand through the bathtub, feeling be up under the toilet, behind the toilet, looking on, up under the vanity in the bathroom. The other firefighters, Zotek, talk about going in the dad's room, feeling on top of the bed, feeling up under the bed looking behind doors and doing all these things. But then when they went in the room where the actual kids was, their report says Saknaki went to the left, Zotek went to the right. They met up, didn't find anything, and came out. The other rooms, they're so detailed, so detailed, but the room where the kids were at, it was no detail. So that what leads me to believe they did not enter that room. Did I? And that's why I disagree with submitting a false report. Did I misunderstand what uh, one of these uh, anonymous firefighters told the news, which is you're lying because the children were found in a room off the room. Is that off the room? But it had a, it was a, it was an archway. The door was an archway was anywhere from five to six feet wide. And this room they keep referring to as being a small room had a queen size bed in it. Hmm. Damn. But the first kid was found with his body 80% in the main room. 80% in the main so I'm not 80% of his body was in the main room is what it, I was told by it, the firefighters that found him. They what a call to follow. So it shouldn't be right. about just oh let me think I should look here or perhaps I should check here that there's a protocol to follow to ensure that no one or nothing is being overlooked or left behind. That protocol apparently was and the whole point, he's saying they missed the room. That means you didn't check their si entire house. And then even the union president said they were fi they were fired because they missed the room. 
but they but their record said they entered the room. So which one do you get to which one do they get to claim? Like I said, I'm being fired. The union president stated to the news to uh to the uh the uh the uh journal, M Lie, they were fired because they missed the room. No, they were fired because they submitted a false report. They missed room that they said they entered. And what about I mean in the basement, there were dogs in a kennel. So if, right. you, if you really searched the whole house, you'd find the dogs. Right. Right? Because part of the primary search is also looking in the basement. Correct. Huh. Well, damn. Okay, so is there any independent investigation that's been opened into this, Chief, where you trust it? Is the state police involved, FBI, anybody? Uh, I was told the state um, would come in, was going to come in and do it. I do trust. Um, I, I know the state fire marshal personally. And that was the thing. It's not, I am not anti-union. I served the Flint Fire Department Union for seven years. Three years as a vice president, four years as a president. And so I am not anti-union, but the state fire marshal is a guy I trust. But during my time as president of this, uh, Local 352, he was president of Grand Rapids uh, Union. And so I do trust uh, Kevin Smailmeyer. I trust him to do a, a uh, thorough investigation. Okay. And, um, well, I don't know. I mean, even if you're found to be right, I doubt you want that job back. Correct. I just but don't I, want this to happen. Yeah. Like I said, two kids lost their life. That can't even compare to me losing a job. And so that's why I told the truth. And that's why I stand by it. I've said, I, my story has been the same since May 28th. My feelings on them being terminated, because again, the union has a process. If you, somebody's terminated, they file a grievance. If the members agree, they take it to arbitration. The arbitration will rule, and the arbitration is binding. So if the arbitrator had ruled that my discipline was excessive, I could have lived with that. But I couldn't live with exactly. two kids losing their life because we didn't do our job. Exactly. Well said. Yep. If the arbitrator finds that, so be it. Right. No. In the end, Correct. We'll, we'll let the court and the investigators adjudicate this. We're just talking to you and what you what you saw. Right. Not, right. I, and to me, that losing two kids life because we failed them is unacceptable. And I want to remind everybody, you know, you watch this. You've seen it with these politicians. Mayor Neely, you're welcome to come on. I'm sick of reaching out to you and you're hiding. Everybody remembers we went to Flint. When, when uh, Dana Nessel screwed up the whole investigation, it was tossed out the window. The mayor supported that switch to the water. He voted for it. And then he wouldn't come out of his office. Don't be a chicken shit. Come out and explain yourself. Because the seven minutes between the first search and the second search is a lifetime. Yeah. And, and the, yes, the, the absolute horrible death that these two children must have died. Seven minutes is everything, Chief, is it not? Yes, it is. You can have irreversible brain damage after three to four minutes without oxygen. And even the firefighter, again, because he want to hide his face, he want to cause me a liar. Daniel Siknaki, let's say it for what it is. He had took off his mask after they said the house was clear. Once they found the first child, he tried to run back up in to assist, and he couldn't even stand the smoke, so he had to go back out. So he couldn't stand his smoke. So imagine those kids being there seven minutes. Mm -hmm. God. All right. Well, um, I know you're busy. We appreciate that time. Um, we'll stay in touch with you. And so, uh, thank you for giving me the opportunity to tell my side of the story. Uh, you know, like, listen, well, well, thank you for standing up and telling your side of the story, because had you not, yeah, maybe you'd still have your position, but probably nobody do. would do but, 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 but you do it at the expense of the justice that these children and their families are entitled to. That's correct. At least a thorough investigation minimum. And exactly. I want to I, I thank you for a lifetime of public service. We do appreciate it. Yep. Happy Thanksgiving to you and to you the pastor in the I car there. Thank you. Thank pastor, you. Do me a favor. Yeah. Go buy this man a cup of coffee for me, would you? All right, I will. I'll catch okay. up with you. I'll, I'll, I'll buy you one in return. All right. Thank you, sir. And Merry Christmas to and you. And this, this is a good guy, too. 
like I said, he's a retired uh, Flint police officer. I like the way he dresses Great. too. Look at that, that nice scarf and yeah, the, he looks that, casual. That nice green, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, he, he's pretty yeah, stylish. Yeah. <laughs> and Karen would know, yeah, Pastor. Is that Burberry? Is that Burberry by any chance? No, it's not Burberry, no, no. but it's a nice car. But it's a nice car. <laughs> well, thank you. All right, gentlemen. All have right. a good one. Stay warm. Thank you. You know what, Charlie? The bigger question is it's almost <clears throat> excuse me, it's almost as though Flint is being allowed to self-destruct and the oversight is not there. The uh, enforcement is not there. The support at the state level is not there. Why? That's a, money. I'm gonna I'm gonna quote Andy Arena, former head of the FBI. That place mm-hmm. is organized crime. That's a graft pit. Flint's so broke, but money pours in federal state money. Give them the votes that they want, and then everybody eats it up, and there's nothing left for the people. Like the chief would know. 50% of the 911 calls the police are just shit can. They're not even answered. And then when they do answer, no, you know, apparently, allegedly, according to an official document created by that man we just spoke with, they don't even do their fucking jobs. And we're just supposed to ignore it. And by the way, thank you all very much for sending us details about this mm-hmm. that we already reported. You know, I... I we, we started this program like the media is really not serving you as well as they could. doesn't mean they're not serving you, Mark, right? Yeah, exactly. But uh, come on. Stop looking Daily at Daily Beast, Daily Mirror, CNN, whatever. I don't know when the news and the free press are going to come around. We're, th- there's a reason it's out there. And stop looking at tweets and making stories about them. Just go go hit the ground. Go talk to people. That drives me nuts. And, 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 and as the chief pointed out, and Charlie, you've said this. Since you since the show first started, when you were addressing the water component, we understand that there are good people in Flint. We respect the people that are in Flint. What we feel is that the people in Flint deserve better. They do. And a guy like the chief rightly belongs in charge. And because he's rightly because he's right. And what happens when you stand up and do the very basics of of leadership? You're out on your ass. Oh, fuck but off. Gotta, but you got to look at the union too, Charlie. I mean, technically, I understand that the union well, is in place to protect Let's, let's, let's leave it at that. I don't want to get into, you You know, for, for you know, you know why. You know why. I got you. We'll, we'll let the you. courts decide that one, my friend. You know what I mean? Okay. But let's focus on two children who are dead this holiday season that did not need to be. Right. That's all You're this right. is about. Children, period. Black or white or brown or yellow or red. Or rich or poor. Or rich or poor or flint or gross point. It's sadness. And this is what we're going to get. No, no, no. No. But I tell you, little happiness this holiday season is right here, downtown Detroit, <laughs> at American Coney Island. This is where you come to the holidays. This is where you get the cocoa before the parade on Thursday because there are good things going on. A word from our very good friends at American Coney Island. Two with everything. Aside Chiefs rise to go. Ready. Go Lions. Go Red Go. Detroit might not make it to the championship, but you can have a little bit of Detroit at your next championship party. American Coney Island, 12 dogs with all the fixing. Air mail special, right to your door. That includes Alaska and Hawaii. AmericanConeyIsland.com. The first, the best, and better than all the rest. And they can't fly either. Vegas, they got a Coney store there too. Yeah. Yes, they do. Right? No, this is so talented. Red is so talented. We're trying to draw it out of him. He is. Um, (laughs) Red's going to join us in a moment with a live report from the warehouse of. 
What is I, I call it the Detroit Parade Company. Is that correct? Yeah. yeah. They have a big warehouse in central Detroit getting ready for the big Thanksgiving Day Parade. And then the Lions host the Buffalo Bills. And in between it, you come to American Conan and get a nice dog, get some hot cocoa. They got wine. They got beer. They got it all. I'm a Euro fan myself. I'll eat all of it. Yeah, you <laughs> will. Am I fooling? You and those triple necks. <laughs> you got to feed them something. Save the mail. <laughs> what? Stop being mean to Mark. I'm oh, getting that. I don't care. God, just, I mean, look at him. I understand. <laughs> I know who I am. Don't say that. Don't For those say of you that. who are don't listening and can't see, yeah, there's a couple there's of them. There's a bunch of necks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he feels, I keep telling him, like, if you think, like, your necks are, like, fleshy, then don't. Don't shave right under your chin. Oh, I'm creating some uh, shadowing. Here's what you do. What you do is you shave the beard off and just grow the Fu Manchu. Just put on a turtleneck and you'll be fine. How about I just stay off camera? See, Arnold Schwarzenegger once told me, I said, hey, bro, what happens when your body got so big and your head looked little? He said, you grow your hair. (laughs) That's what you want to do. You want to grow that out and make them neck look littler. Except when I grow my hair, it just goes up and curls. So I don't know. Your I face hair, win. bro. Your oh, face oh, hair. Yeah, right. That's Man. All gray. Okay. Um. Hey, uh, GQ, you there, bro? Uh, what up, bro? <clears throat> Let me hear him. There he is. What's up? How you doing? Hey, everybody uh, listening and watching. Uh, uh, this is a really famous cop. He retired now. Uh, Derek Bradford, uh, known on the streets as GQ Gang Squad. He, he did all this stuff. Uh, GQ, I just wanted John real quick here. Um. Man, the, the, the Christmas tree lighting got shot up again. Uh, there's, a, there's a you know a guy in his car at uh, Sitco at 8 in Greenfield where I go. Shot dead. Seven Mile Bloods. You remember Billy Arnold from the Seven Mile Bloods? Yeah, I remember Bill. Yeah, he, he ran that. They were selling Oxy and all that, and uh, they were doing mm-hmm. that Instagram murder list and stuff. Well, he's locked up now, right? Yeah, but he'd been in the camp for seven years. He got just got his federal trial, and okay. it's a hung jury, mistrial. Mm. So wow, I wonder why. You tell me. Oh, what do you mean? What you mean? I, I wonder why. I don't know. I just think this. Sometimes it just. I'm from what I'm seeing. I'm sorry, uh, you know, it's uh, this this police thing and uh, officers being on trial and doing things out here, man. It's um, it's a terrible time for cops. Uh, you got people that, who are liberals, you know that uh, liberals that that's on the um, that's on the jury. I'm not trying to you know d- uh, to defend criminals at all, but you know uh, these are the type of days that we live in, especially in the last seven, seventeen years. So, but I do wonder why though. But go but, ahead. I mean, oh, uh, like the Christmas tree lighting or Noel night a few years ago or the fireworks. Why are we even having these big, ornate, outdoor, at-night events if we don't have enough police or the police are handcuffed? That's right. Um, from, from, from what I'm hearing is that um, they're understaffed, tremendously understaffed. Charlie, they and some precincts running two cars, man. Two cars. That's, that's not, yeah, one or two cars for a precinct. I'm not talking about number eight. Your number eight precinct is... It's over there near Rosedale Park, and it's highly populated with people who are paying taxes. So, so what do we got? You have cars. We got twelve precincts. Yeah, I think it's thirteen. Okay, thirteen at, at two cars at night is twenty six cruisers for one hundred forty square miles of city. A yeah, dangerous that's, city. That's, very, very. Um, it's it's still the number one, number two, the most dangerous city to live in. Also, the uh, the most violent too, and we've held that for over thirty years. So uh, something has so, to be done. Uh, go ahead. No, no, no. I'm sorry. I was saying you you indicated, sir, that you know that that they're understaffed on on the on the police force. Council just approved uh, a ten thousand dollar increase that they hoped for. Um, I guess to to aid with attraction and retention. Is that part of the solution or no? Well. Yeah, well, Karen, um, and, and how are you, Ms. Dumas? I'm fine, sir. Thank you. I said that um, I, I think that we were underpaid. I, I came on in, 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 in 1994, and I made $13 an hour. So, wow. But uh, I'm ex-military, and many of us uh, come on the job for a career. Uh, some of us, and I'm not trying to talk about I, I, 
uh, DPD that's, that was good to me. I did my 20 years and I just love him. I thank God for him. Uh, however, though, the recruiting process is, is, is so terrible nowadays. Um, it's hard to get someone to come on the job for that little amount of money unless they want to come on the job as a career. Now, nobody need to lose their life, of course, because if I had stood up and said, hey, you're going to die, you could be killed in the line of duty on such and such a day, I might have just backed up and said, well, maybe mm -hmm. this might not be for me. But we have to, officers have to come on this job and they have to understand this. They have to understand that the dynamics of it, you possibly could lose your life. And also too, um, but, but getting back to your point, uh, Ms. Dumas, I, I believe that that's the reason why they decided and thank you, uh, thank the city council for, for ruling on that to increase the wages. However, this, um, from what I've been hearing, I still keep my, I still live here in the city and I still keep my, my ears to the ground and stuff. And I'm considered an OG in the street, even though I'm not that old, but I appreciate it though. Um, <laughs> stuff is just getting out, out of control, uh, Charlie. Now, you know, I worked, I worked in gang squad, narcotics and patrol, uh, during that, um, that federal consent decree for 13 years. We worked up on that. It didn't stop us from getting guns. Now, now, you know, these are November, December, and January are some of the most depressed times of the year. We know that. Yep. We know that. And there's some trying times. We, we understand that, but these juveniles, they have to understand, you know, you can conceal a, a, a gun or firearm underneath a big coat. This is not something that James White doesn't know. And I, uh, hats off to him because he had, because he has a hell of a job as well as his executives to come up with a, with a pro, with a plan. But around the holidays, what Benny Napoleon, may God rest his soul, and Ella Bully Cummins is Warren Evans. We used to go out and uh, do the curfew. You have to do it. But they didn't. Now, it. here's the thing. Like, this is downtown. There's more cameras per square inch than in a 7-fucking-11. The kid, the shooter got away. We haven't been updated on that. I don't know where the police blotter is. Every big city got a blotter where the, the, the updates and the major crimes of the day. We don't have one. Our data online is bullshit. It's just smoke and right. mirrors. And I really support the raise. But when you look at the numbers with inflation, they've just cut the police budget again. We're not going to get what we need. Why are we doing this shit? You know it. They cut the budget again. Oh no! Yeah, that's the largest budget in the um in the in, in the city. For well, they're defunding the police, dude. They're like they're telling you they're funding oh, it, adding the inflation. And yeah, so there's not enough that. police to get the juveniles off the street. You know this. Right, right. You right, know this. Right. Uh, and we're not touching nobody. So right. I'm not coming uh -huh. to no Christmas tree lighting. I love right. this I love right. this place. I that's crazy. It is. I I I, I um uh, high visibility is a good thing, Charlie, but you got to be you have to bring neighborhood policing back in the old days. Yeah. And I come from Dexter and Monterey. And, uh, you know, that was an area in the 70s, man, in the 80s, man. The officers, they, they, they jumped out on you. You don't have to be violating people's rights. I mean, you really don't have to do that. I understand about the cameras and the mics and all that type of stuff. But, you know, you have a, you have a, 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 a public right to, to, um, to talk to citizens. And you look, I mean, you're getting out, just getting familiarity. And, you know, once the officers, they know the officers are just driving by. Detroit should not be a drive-by. Mm. for the police. You yeah. got to get out the car. Mm -mm. You got to get out the car. Mm -mm. I agree with that. And I know that we talk about residency, but he said something. He's from Detroit. He's from the west side of Detroit. So he knows the people or knew the people in the area that he was also responsible for protecting. We have officers and you know, I have nothing but the utmost respect for DPD from the top to bottom. But we have new, we have officers and I know that they're relatively new they don't even want to look you in the eye. And I have an issue with an officer that is within, you know, a close proximity that doesn't extend the courtesy of speaking. That's, that's a that's a big oh, deal to me. That's a real big deal to you, as you keep saying. And I'm going to say um, respect to that. But when you're talking about the 80s, when we had 60, 70 murders per 100,000 people, there was a residency requirement. So it, it I don't think... Where you live in is like really comes down to what you're doing, your hours in that squad car, or where the money's going. Proactive patrol. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 
I, I it's like Flint, Flint and Detroit are, are sister cities. That's it. Lots oh, of money much. rolling through here. Where the fuck is it? Hey, listen, man. Listen, and I, I'll be. I, I have to say this. You know, I, I had a conversation with uh, Doug Meyer of the the uh, don't Doug know Meyer him family. Yeah, but listen, he had, we had a conversation, and you know, he and he asked me what was the difference between the two of us. He got more money, of course, but I told him. I said, Doug, you know. You got a responsibility. I know you're in, well, I think, Grand Rapids or something like that. But to make a long mm -hmm. story short, you cannot deny Detroit. You hear me? Mm. You cannot deny Detroit unless you're going to come in this city and fly on a in a private jet and land on top of the uh, the Lions Stadium or something, McCoy America Park. You got to come through these streets. You have to. And that's a bad, I mean, that's a good thing, but that could be a bad thing, too. Because you have to come through these, these streets of the city of Detroit. So not loving Detroit is not loving yourself. Let's leave, leave it, at it at that. that. Let's leave it at that. Right. Not loving Detroit, Michigan is not loving yourself. GQ, thank you for coming on, brother. And I wish you a very happy Thanksgiving. Let's keep in contact, my brother. My man. Thank you. I'm telling you, Charlie, but he said he, he's making making some points and the money is one thing, but it's not just it's not just about the money. There are other ancillary things that need to take place. And the people that are responsible for patrolling the city, they got to know the city. But you have people that are making decisions, not just as it relates to law enforcement, but from top to bottom, that know very little about the streets and the people of this city. This is a clown show. I'm sorry the, the, it's a clown show. Where's all the money? <clears throat> I'm building hockey arenas and innovation centers and you keep coming with your ass in your hat asking for more. I'll I'll start with I'll start with uh give me 200 more officers that come from Roseville that are well-paid, good human beings that want to police in an appropriate manner. We start with that, you know, and we can do everything to the cows home, come home to get them here, but we don't even got them. Where's the money? And at this rate, we're not going to have them either, Charlie. I mean, Bada you know, bing. we talked about we talked about that. So it looks good, but this is a, a a very concerted effort to control the narrative and the perception um, when the true story and the reality are completely different. Boom! And then you see it like let's pop right back up the front real quick. And I want to thank that chief Barton for being yep. here again because when you see the real, that's what goes on, and that's what we're trying to give you. Our brothers and sisters, you you don't you don't love the cities of this state. You don't love yourself. There's no way there's no way to avoid them, even though you think you can. Now, having said that, there are really great things going on in this city, like the Lions and that Thanksgiving Day parade and comedian Detroit Red, who is at the warehouse where they're preparing for Thursday. Uh, there there goes Byron talking some more. <laughs> what up, though? Hey, what's up, man? What, what you got for us? Well, we're standing here at the parade company, and we're going to take a quick walk through, get a preview of some of the great floats. This guy was pointing the other way until he saw me filling up the, the cook. Now he wanted me to leave, but we're going to pass him on back. <laughs> he, he's pointing yeah. to where your career is over you there see, in the they, corner. They, <laughs> they're starting to pull up Dead the in the corner, another homicide. Ready. <laughs> As you see, we, this is the area where all the floats that's going to be in the parade is, is staged at. They're getting them ready, pulling them on out. You know, it's a long process. They told me it takes like two days worth of setup time in order to get all these floats in order. Now, we got some great floats here. Some of these floats you may recognize from previous years. But we're going to cut around to the workshop side where some of the newer three float parade items will be at. Three, I heard they got nine new floats this year. Yes, they did. Rocket <laughs> Mortgage. Brought their uh, own new float. We that must be the Hindenburg. <laughs> uh, no, actually, it's kind of a future prospect of what they want to have the city become. Since they couldn't sell you no know, stocks, they're going to sell it to you through the float ideal now. Oh, I see a big gigantic rainbow. I'm sure that's going to be controversial. <laughs> well, all of these that you're seeing behind me now, like the Hitsville here and the Fox Theater, these are older floats pieces that don't go out anymore 
because they're not sponsored. And mm. some of them are real old, so they won't be seeing them. But we're around here on the other side where they're actually working on some stuff. He's we got so the big clown. He's out of breath. He's so out of breath. Yes, already. I am out of breath. It's cold as hell in here, okay? <laughs> <laughs> this is the only place I haven't wanted to light a damn cigarette with all the styrofoam and wood. Yeah, don't do that, Rick. I caught we a contact from the float paint. <laughs> <laughs> so, so if we look right over here, this float right here is one of the three pieces of the new rocket mortgage float. You keep going to rocket see, mortgage. A, what, 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 what? Yeah, because because I, I I'm really impressed by what new ideals they're trying to give us through the floats. Okay, describe I mean, it for people listening. Just describe it for people listening who can't see. Okay, so basically we have a futuristic view of what the city hopes to look like. This is what they hope we have some Jetsons looking type buildings or whatever even though they can't get the queue line to go in the straight line or anywhere they plan on giving us high-rise buildings in the sky even though they can't complete don't, a goddamn skyscraper don't. either oh is it, is it look oh <laughs> uh, is 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 the so, skyscraper on that float complete or uh no it's not complete matter of fact uh I think I see what the replica of what it looks like now is. If you point right here, Byron, this is pretty much looking like the skyscraper we got in the city now. Skinny, short, nowhere near what it was supposed to be. <laughs> Sounds like me. <laughs> no, actually, I, listen, listen, right, I'm, now you, you're painting. This all goes up, right? Oh, so this raises up? See this back here? Yeah. That's all going to go up and meet with that deck up there. And that's the same thing they told us the skyscraper downtown <laughs> was going to do at the Hudson site. But I'm pretty sure yours will work better than that will. way better builders. <laughs> <laughs> you hear that, Dan? You're getting hit by float designers here now. Let's do something with the goddamn skyscraper. So if listen, brother, are, are, um, just, hey, Red, just being down there is a lifelong Detroit to yourself. I know you've never been there. Is it... Is it making you feel happy? You know what I mean? Kind of see it in action? Yeah, actually it is. It's kind of taking me back to my childhood, and it really feels like I'm at the parade because I'm freezing my ass off to show <laughs> these floats and see them. But it is. It's, it's joyful. It's, it's like, you know, it's like being a big kid behind the scenes of your favorite kid show. You're getting to see all of the greatness come together before you see the actual production. So, yeah, I can say I'm I'm really happy. I'm, I'm glad to have been able to come down here and see this, meet some of the people. Well, one lady does the tours here. She's been doing it for 60 years. Her fifth generation of family will start this year. This is another one of the pieces that goes with the... I think Rocket Float here, she was telling me. It's another couple pieces up there. They have a few three float floats where there's three different platforms for the float. Okay, now stop. Just just stop, all right, with it. You're making me dizzy. You're making me dizzy. Um, do you know, Red, this is the oldest Thanksgiving Day parade in America? Began, began in 1924, the same year as the Macy's Parade. Uh, like I said, the young lady, Miss Sharon, she does the tours here. She herself has been here with 60 years, never missed a parade. Her dad was a part of it. Um, the guy who draws the pictures and renderings for this, he's been doing it for over 30 years. A lot of people have been involved for a few decades in making this happen. And yeah. it's over 2,000 volunteers every year, I found out. To help make everything come together. Real Detroit institution. My brother and I once were in that parade. We worked the Uncle Sam float. Really? Yeah, we held it. You dress as Uncle Sam. You, it's really fun. It's safe. Plenty of parking. Lots of hot chocolate here at the Coney Island. Good good pies and cakes, too. So come on down. You know, um, enjoy the lions. Oh, you know, I went out with a couple of uh, garbage men. Oh yeah, down here. Yeah. You know they love it when the lions win. You know why, Karen? I'm scared to ask. Because tailgaters get so fucked up, they throw their money away by accident. 
really? Every bag of no garbage shit. that they pick up on Monday gets inspected wow. just in case. So go ahead. Come on down. No throw your money around. <laughs> throw your money away. Support our great city. Detroit, you know, Michigan. the next, the, the other thing too, um, Charlie and Red, is the night before, like overnight when they start to line up the floats, that's a very, I mean, it kind of just, it's a, it's a warm hearted kind of thing to sit there and watch and see how it all kind of comes together. And, you know, we have to tip our hat to Tony Michaels, who's the CEO, who continues to keep the, yes. you know. Tony, Tony actually sent his regards. He came in right quick, but. He had to run off, and Tony actually told us a little something, that they're going to be moving. They're working on a brand new facility or a new facility to start doing the parade floats and stuff out of. So maybe in the next three years, it'll be moved to this big, gorgeous facility, uh, I think a little bit downriver. And uh, he basically said that, you know, it's coming along. He's getting the money together for it now. But this is the heart and soul of Detroit. No matter what else goes on in the city, the hardship, the violence, and the crime, when it comes to the Thanksgiving parade, I think you really get to see the essence of what Detroit is really about. And it brings everybody out. And with that, we'll say uh, goodbye, good luck, and good night. We'll see you at the parade. Let's go Lions. Hey, I'm about to go back up and fill on the girl at the front door again and see if I can get her over to the Normandy. <laughs>